This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Oh, it is that time of the year again. Yes, it is football season. Welcome back to NFL Friday. I'm Corey Miller sitting across from the very handsome Matt Crow. Matt, welcome to NFL Friday. Are you excited as I am for this season? I really am. I'm so glad that the NFL is back. Best time of the year, NFL football. Brightens up our weekends, those Sunday, lazy Sundays. I'm excited. There's really nothing like it. So let's just get right to it because the season actually began last night where the Patriots, who looked pretty good, the defending Super Bowl cha- uh, champion Patriots, might I add, beat the Steelers, who also looked pretty good, may I add, 28-21 to in a game that had crazy weather, some headphone situations that we'll get to. But after you know coming off the offseason that the Patriots had, most people think that, wow, they're going to have a hangover. Well, you know what I, how I'd see it? This offseason was a hangover for the Patriots. It was a long, grueling, not fun offseason for a team that just won the Super Bowl, where usually... Uh, it's usually a great time for celebration, where this time it was more like, hmm, we got to fight the NFL and the rest of the world. Oh, absolutely. I think that if you thought Tom Brady would come off slow due to this whole deflate gate case, uh, you, you just don't really know how Tom Brady works as a player. He's mentally locked in going into that game every single uh, week. And so for him to come out and just put together an absolutely dominating performance, um, not surprising at all. And I know the Patriots fans were behind him. They had craft on the field with all four trophies prior to the game. Uh, they unveiled that fourth banner. And um, I, I think that the Patriots were bound to have a great night, and, and they absolutely performed up to expectations. Yeah, Gillette Stadium was absolutely rocking last night up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Lots of where's Roger chants going on, of course. Roger Goodell decided to miss this opening night game because of what what transpired over the offseason. But the Patriots and the Steelers, we mentioned it. Both teams looked good. Let's start with the Pats because they won. Surprising efforts from Deion Lewis, who was the backup running back, who really looked well. Uh, You got what you got from Gronk. He scored three touchdowns, went into beast mode. Brady looked to find him when he needed him. But overall, the Patriots, I thought... Looked looked like a team that really did not that lost a lot of good players on the defensive end for for a defense. I I thought they played pretty well to start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're dealing with Antonio Brown, uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league. So for for a, a Patriots defense uh, secondary after losing Revis and Browner both, I mean, you're starting a second year Malcolm Butler against. Debatably, the first or second best wide receiver in the National absolutely. Football League, and I mean. He did give up 133 yards receiving, nine receptions, but he was on him for most of the night. And that only touchdown pass from Roethlisberger came in basically garbage time. There were about two seconds left in the game. And inches away from Malcolm's fingertips. I mean, he was right there. That was just a a better pass on, on perfect coverage. And there's really nothing you can do there. Mr. Brady did not slouch. He was running that offense, and there really was no secrets in, in the Patriots game last night. I think the first drive, I don't even know if they ran it on the first drive. I mean, it was throw, 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 and, and they, they keep hitting those uh, wheel routes. Edelman had another great game. I mean, he has just become this Patriots fan favorite guy, this gritty, small dude who is able to make space and always seems to catch the ball. You never see Julian Edelman 
missing the ball. I, I saw a couple plays where Tom really – there was one pass that Tom was way behind him, and Julian sort of had to juggle it and made a uh, just a fabulous catch. Oh, absolutely. And he's been doing that for the better part of, of last season as well. But I think that coming off that great Super Bowl performance for Edelman, uh, he's going to be looking – he's going to be getting a lot of balls thrown his way this year. Um, he's going to be finding a lot of seams in, in, in the secondary in, in zone coverages. And I think that he's going to be a, a big target for Brady to look at. 11 receptions again last night, um, 12 targets. So, you know, he's, he's catching the ball when Brady throws him the ball. Absolutely. And, and the, the Patriots offense, headed by Tom Brady and even more so by Bill Belichick, was balanced as it ever was. Of course, LeGarrette Blunt is suspended for the first couple of games here, so they're not going to have him. But it really didn't matter because the Patriots just were clicking on all cylinders. The defense... Honestly, the Steelers, I thought, were at least the first drive, looked like they could dominate this defense, and they really buckled down, especially the defensive line. I, I mean, Chandler Jones, I thought, was coming off the, the side hot like he usually does. No one talked about not having Gerard Mayo last year throughout that whole Super Bowl run. He is a key player in this Patriots cog of a defense, alongside Donta Hightower and Jamie Collins. I mean, those are three solid linebacker ends, however you want to put them, but overall... As, a, as an offense that's so steady and so expected to do high things, they did fine. As the defense, I thought they exceeded my expectations. Yeah, you know, I think that in the run game, maybe you expect a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you have D'Angelo Williams. He's one of the oldest players in the NFL. Obviously, a veteran, knows what he's doing. And, I mean, he, he, he goes 127 yards on 21 car carries, averaging 6 yards a carry. I think that... Maybe the linebackers and, and, and the front four could step up a little bit more in, in that respect. But I think that, you know, they'll work through that. And, um, I mean, once once the Steelers get Le'Veon Bell back, Absolutely. They, they're going to be good. And Martavis Bryant. Oh, yeah. None the least. I mean, the, the Steelers team, I thought, and we'll move over to the Steelers now, I thought they, they played really well. I think that first drive... I'm not sure why Mike Tomlin called that trick play to Antonio Brown to throw it because that, totally just, threw off the drive. that just stopped the drive. Yep. That was... That just didn't look like they were going to. They would run the ball. They were throwing it. Fine, fine, fine. And all of a sudden, you try to do a trick play against the Patriots. Who's? I mean, that's their mo. They're they're not going to. They're not going to fail on the trick play. All of a sudden, a penalty leads to that, and the Steelers have no have no points because Josh Scobie missed a couple field goals. Yeah, I mean, th those field goals turned out to basically be the difference in the game. Obviously, it was a seven point victory for New England. But I think that you know he's he. I think he's their third kicker they brought in this year. Um, yeah. They lost their first two. And so for for him to miss those two, you know, maybe it's a little bit of first game nerves, but but those turned out to be really huge. And uh, you know, I think that Pittsburgh looks very good on offense, very good on offense. Their defense, you know, I'm not so sure that they're there, leaving Gronk open on some major yes, major absolutely. moments in the game. Yeah, no, and, and it's interesting. It's too bad because it was such a good football game. I think overall. And it kind of got marred by by what happened after the game. And Mike Tomlin was was upset, which is understandable because the headsets, uh, the Steelers headsets, according to Belichick, apparently the Patriots ones did too. They were broadcasting the the Patriots radio play-by-play uh, -play signal, so that's interesting. But I just want to read what the NFL uh, Michael Signora, who's a, a spokesman for the NFL, put out in in light of this situation. In the first quarter of tonight's game, the Pittsburgh coaches experienced interference in their headsets caused by a stadium power infrastructure issue, which was exasperated by the inclement weather. The coaches' communications equipment, including the headsets, is provided by the NFL for both clubs' use on game day. Once the power issue was addressed, the equipment functioned properly with no additional issues. So nice vocab there by the NFL. Look <laughs> at that. But anyways, yeah, I, I, what do you make of this? You know, I... 
to me, it's 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 kind of upsetting that it's even a story. Um, if if you look at the the way that they do the headsets on game day, the Patriots aren't putting together the the Pittsburgh headset and and you know bringing it over, giving it to them. This wasn't tampering by the Patriots. I think it was just a factor of it being the first game. You know, maybe they're not so prepared for for the weather for whatever issue for other, whatever other issues come up this early on in the season. And, you know, something happened. Again, the Patriots, um, they also said that they were having issues. And you look at it, the Steelers came out and they said a few hours ago that they are not going to file a court. They have not yet filed a formal complaint with the NFL, and they will not file a complaint. So, you know, you look at it, Tomlin was probably upset after the game, had a lot of emotions going on, said some things. And, I mean, I think I think as it comes down to it, um, you know, this is just another thing that, that you know, comes up, but it is not a very big factor in what actually happened in the game. Absolutely. So a, a wonderful opening night for the NFL. And, and let's kind of move on to the rest of the NFL. And we'll be getting the Jets and Giants just a little bit. Don't you worry, New Yorkers, because we will be talking about them. Anyways, just to start off this general kind of session about the NFL, a lot of big contracts getting handed out. Not named Cam Chancellor. That's the, that's the one big deal that has not been signed yet. He is prepared to hold out, and it looks like he will not play this Sunday, which is just a huge loss for the Seahawks. Luke Kuechly uh, got a deal. Marcel Darius. Eli got a deal. So this is all just happening uh, in the fast, past few days. Of course, a lot of big deals in the offseason, including Des Bryant, Russell Wilson, Demarius Thomas. The list goes on and on. Alden Smith, actually the former 49er, also got signed earlier today to the Raiders for a one-year contract. So that should be an interesting, low-risk, high-reward situation for right. the Raiders. But I want to talk about someone who hasn't played for a full season and in my mind, is the most dominating player in the NFL when things are going his way. And he's back, and he can change the whole landscape of this Minnesota Vikings team. Adrian Peterson, man, he, he is just awesome. He's coming off a, a full year, like you said, out, outside of football, and I'm sure every single day he's been itching to get back in the game. And, I mean, he's going to come out firing. I know in both my fantasy leagues, he went first overall. He's got high, high expectations, and I don't think he's going to disappoint this year. I would even go so far as to predict Adrian Peterson will be the MVP of this year. I just think he's that good, and I'm very excited to to have him back. Another big storyline going into week one is, of course, the two top rookies, uh, Jameis Winston, the number one pick of the Bucks, playing the number two pick in Marcus Mariota. They met in uh, – they didn't meet in the college football nope. playoff. No, they did not meet. They did yeah. not meet. I thought they did. They did not. They met at the Heisman stage. That's where they met. Yep. Okay, we'll go with that. Mariota beat him then. And – Interestingly enough, they're starting right at right week one. The two of them. I, that's not a surprise. How did that happen, Matt? Is that shocking to you? Because it's not shocking to me. So this is this is just the fourth quarterback combination to be selected with the first and second overall picks in the NFL draft since 1998, making their debut against each other in week one. And I mean, in the preseason, you know, they, they, they're not going to showcase too much of these guys. Um, their stats show they didn't play that much, and I think that. Maybe Winston has the better team around him at this point, but I think Mariota has the better upside potential to be a star quarterback in the NFL. You know, Jameis, a little bit of that run-and-gun offense, uh, pro-style offense at Florida State. But, um, you know, I think, I think Mariota in Tennessee, once, once they get some pieces around him, he, he could figure it out. And I don't want to get into a full debate with you about this because we just don't have enough time. I wish we could. I, I, I tend to disagree. I think that Mariota is more of a product of, a, of an offense, of, of that run-and-gun offense that Chip Kelly installed in Oregon. I think Mark. I think Jameis Winston does not get enough credit for his football. I mean, he they talk about his football IQ, but IQ in general, 
because of all the off-field antics. He's been good recently, and, and I think his talent is, is just as is just as good, and I think it's better than Mariota. So it's very interesting. You know, he has more. He has better wide receivers. Winston does. I think Winston no will doubt. be a more successful passer. Of course, Mariota's got that athletic ability to run and be more of a Russell Wilson, and is is very smart, and he makes the right plays. So in that sense, if Mariota can become a Russell Wilson, then then I would tend to agree with you. So I mean, first game of the year for, for first game of the career for each exactly. quarterback. Who do you have in this game, Corey? I'm, I'm taking the Bucks. I think, like you said, the team's better. Jameis, I think, will have a good day. It's going to be a fun one. There you go. I, I, I would take the Bucks as well. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they come fun. out me- meeting each other. I mean, rookie quarterbacks rarely start in the NFL. And to have the two top ones starting against each other in week one, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, quickly looking at this preview before we get to the Giants and the Jets. When we look at the AFC East, I think the Patriots will win that with one with no problem. A lot of people are talking about Miami. They could take a wild card spot. Do you agree with me in that sense? Yeah, I think I would go Patriots. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what the Bills have to bring with Rex. It could be interesting, yeah. Their defense is going to be probably the best defense in, in the in the uh, division. But I think that, you know, the Patriots will take this one. Yeah, and then Donald Sue got, got uh, signed by the Dolphins. They're, they have a lot of positivity riding behind them. Lamar Miller had a good year last year. They're looking; they have some big expectations for him, but you know the Jets, and we will talk talk about them. But it's it's not it's going to be an uphill battle for them this year. Matt Crow is actually our our own beat reporter for the Jets this year, and he's very excited to see how that team performs. Moving on to the North, it's it, it's going to be a battle. I mean, I, I don't think the Browns have enough firepower to compete in this no. division. Although I'd like to see them improve at some point. I mean, watching the Steelers play last night was was a good team. Yeah, I mean, I I was super impressed by the Steelers. I mean, no Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. um, and and Martavius was out as well, like you said. Um, the other thing in the North, um, I think that c- with Cincinnati, this might be Andy Dalton's last and and last chance to kind of figure it out, or Marvin Lewis, and win a playoff game. Right? These guys really need to figure it out. I would agree. They've been to a few, lost a few, um, by by a sizable margin, and. You know, I, I think coming out of this division, if I if I had to pick after last night, I would take the Steelers. I, I would too. I, I'm I'm right with you on that one. Moving to the AFC South, I, I look at I look at Indianapolis as a team that, and and in my mind, I think that that team will will be the team that's that ends up stopping New England from their repeat run. I think okay. Andrew Luck. I mean, if if there's a team to do it, I think it's going to be the Colts. I think Andrew Luck is. I just have I just have the world's respect for this guy. He has had a team that's that's been pretty mediocre in my mind. I think this team his his Colts team has been relatively mediocre ever since he's been there and he's performed and he's gotten them to the AFC Championship game, the divisional round and so on and so on. But now, you know, you add a Frank Gore to the mix and Andre Johnson, TY Hilton gets signed to a big contract. This team's coming together and and could be very dangerous in the AFC South. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it will be a Colts Pats matchup again for the AFC uh championship. I think that that game will be dependent on where it's played. I think coming into Gillette, it'll be very difficult. And same with same with Indianapolis. Absolutely, yeah. you you go into Indianapolis as the Patriots. That's going to be a difficult victory. So I think that those are the two best teams in the AFC uh, as we look at it t- today. Uh, Moving on to the West, I mean Broncos. Yeah, I I I, I, I mean the Chiefs played well last year. Alex did. Smith, he's not. I don't think Alex Smith is anything special. No no throwing touchdowns last year or some some crazy like that. Peyton, I think, has still got a little bit left in the tank. I don't know how much. I'd say Mr. Brady's, uh, 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 how you say, review of Peyton's career is probably pretty accurate. Two two years left 
uh, if that. So I think Peyton is is probably that is that is going to take it this and it could be it could be make a run in the playoffs because the Broncos are good. They have a very talented defense. Right. So we got to remember that. So it, it 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 does rest on Peyton Manning, but we'll see. Let's move on to the NFC East, which I I think. You could make an argument as one of the best divisions in baseball. I mean, in, base, in football, folks. Yeah, it's football season. See where my head's at. Um, the Cowboys, they they won last year. They're, they, they're known for their offensive line power. They have a pretty solid defense overall. Of course, Tony Romo. But they did lose DeMarco Murray to a division foe. They did. I, I think that the Eagles are going to be a very interesting team to watch, especially early on in the season. See what Chip Kelly can do with Sam Bradford. Obviously, he had some very great performances in the preseason. We'll see if that was a result of, you know, defenses just trying out other looks on defense or if that was a result of Sam Bradford being a dominant quarterback once again, which we haven't seen since probably he was in college. In Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. Right. Christian O'Hara doesn't agree with me on this whole Eagles hype, but I, I could see I'm with you on that one. It's just I like the, the new style offense that sort of Bill Belichick, you know, Bill Belichick does all these weird, crazy things and they work, right? I think Chip Kelly could could be onto something here, right? And I mean, next next to AP, Jamal Charles Lynch, I, I think Demarco Murray's got to be one of the best backs in the league. And in a in a run heavy, run heavy offense like like Chip runs, um, you know, he he could definitely make some waves again. So I think you would agree with me in the North that the Packers will take that one pretty handedly. Rodgers, and, and I think agree would agree with me that the West, the Seahawks, will again. Take that one Absolutely. pretty handedly. I know the Cardinals could be good, and so could the Rams, but I, I'm going to take the Seahawks there. The South, a little more open, I'd say. Jameis could be in the playoffs this year, the way this division looks. I it, mean, you, you never know what you're going to get out of Cam. The, the, where have the Falcons been last? I mean, not the Falcons, ice. you don't know. And, and New Orleans? Wait, out of the four of these teams, which one would you take, Matt? I mean, if, if you asked me, honestly, before the season, before Kelvin Benjamin went down, I might go Panthers. I really like their young defense. I like Cam Newton. I think he has the ability to make plays. And I think with Calvin Benjamin, they would have been a threat. Not so much without. The Saints, you know, I'm not too sure that they still have it down there in New Orleans. They were good for a few years there. Um, but, you know, they're kind of, they're, they've kind of fallen off. So I think this could be the year that Matty Ryan, Julio Jones, they make a push. I really like that call. A little bounce back year, if you will. All right, folks, we've, we've gone all around the country, but let's bring it back home to New York, and let's talk some Jets football. And it has certainly been an interesting offseason for the New York football Jets. Last year, they finished 4-12. and They were fourth in the AFC East. Rex Ryan, gone. John Idzik, gone. They have a new general manager, Mike McCagnan, a new head coach, Todd Bowles, who I really like on the defensive side. And we will talk about this defense, which has the potential to be a top-five defense, a top-three defense even, with the signing of Darrell Rivas and company. However, the story at a Jets camp, and it is clear as, as the day is outside, Geno Smith... Punched in the face. I'm not even gonna try to say his first name. And Kampali, who eventually was uh, cut and is on the Bills now. I think he got cut again. I don't. I don't know what's. He's, yeah, he's been suspended. Squad. There you now. go. He's been suspended. Okay. So he's on the Bills practice squad, but but Geno Smith isn't on on anyone's squad right now because he's sitting in the injury on the on the disabled list or the the football injured injured list, whatever you call it. And he's not gonna be playing week one. And, and you look at the Jets, and it, it's it's gonna be a tough year for them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that you, you look at the Jets and their defense is looking really good. Um, you have some young guys on the line. You got Crow and Revis um, in, in the secondary. They're going to make plays every single oh, yeah. game. And so I think that defensively, they, they're almost there. They really are. I think when you look at it offensively, Fitzpatrick's been playing pretty solid. He's been getting the system, uh, and I think that he enjoys having Brandon Marshall and Decker there. Um, and I really, really like Chris Ivory. I think that he has the potential to have a, a pretty good season there for the Jets. But, I mean, again, you look at it. Their division is very good. You have three. And that's the problem. You have three great defenses. You have the Patriots, Bills, and Dolphins. You're facing them a combined six times. That's going to be tough, tough to you know win four of those, right? Yeah, you mentioned Chris Ivory, and it's interesting you said that because it hasn't really been on my mind. But when I look at this, you know, offensive line that's led by Nick Mangold, and of course DeBrickishaw Ferguson, you look at the team that, hmm, maybe maybe we maybe they could have a good running back, and and that's the problem though. I think. They don't have that. I mean, we say this always with the Jets, but they don't have the quarterback. If they had a quarterback, it's kind of like the Texans too. I mean, great foundational defense, right? Pretty solid offense overall. You got pretty good players around, but you're missing that one key piece that is the quarterback. And I certainly don't think Geno Smith is the answer when he comes back from injury. Do you? I really don't. Um, I I see the potential of Ryan Fitzpatrick playing well enough in the first few games that it's a difficult decision for Todd Bowles to go back to Geno. I mean, I think if they if they win two, lose two, um, or or worse, I think they got to go back to Geno. Um, if he's out more than the first four or five weeks, you know, I think it might go six. Um, if he's coming back, going to New England for that first game back for Geno, I don't know if Todd Bowles wants to bring him back in that scenario. Um, and That's so, point. I, I I just think that he's not the answer. We'll see. Fitzpatrick, obviously, a veteran guy. He's played for about six teams, and. I think that he will do a, a serviceable job, but he's not the answer either. So the Jets, I mean, they, they got to keep looking. I mean, I look at the Jets, and I, I see them improving from last year's 4-12 and record. I, I don't know what you're looking here at their final record going to be, but I, I see them winning three, maybe maybe four more games than they did last year. So I look yeah. at a 7-11 and record. You know, the additions that we've mentioned on the defense, Darrell Revis, I, I can't say anything more about him. That's, that's. I mean, he is the best. I really firmly believe that he is the best in football right now. I know Richard Sherman would maybe talk my ear off and, and say <laughs> say otherwise, but I look at a 7-11 record, I don't, I don't see a team that, that can really do that much because they're just missing that big piece that is the quarterback. 7-9, uh, yeah, 7-11, where did I get that? Thank you, Matt Moore. I, I'm doing some bad math. That's why I became a communications <laughs> major. But, uh, yeah, 7-9, and nine, That yeah, that, I was looking, Slurpees, exactly. Uh, I was looking at, yeah, 7-9 and nine seems like a, a reachable goal for them. I don't know if it'll be 500. What do you think? Um, I think, you know, 7-9, and nine, that's a pretty good guess. Um, I would say the upside, 9-7. and seven. Um, I'm putting them, you know, right in the middle, though. Okay. I'd, I'd put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I think that they'll have, they'll definitely have a better season than last year, and I think Bowles is the right guy. But like we've been saying, they got to find it at quarterback. And going, looking forward to Week One against the Browns. I mean, Browns have lost ten straight in Week One. So that game, wow. no, <laughs> Josh McCown coming to make his make his debut at MetLife. I think that they have a pretty good shot this week uh, against the Browns. As I mentioned earlier, Matt Crow, he is our Jets beat reporter. He'll have some exciting updates for us all season. It's going to be a good one for the Jets. Let's move to the other team in New York, the New York Football Giants. Giants! 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 
Well, the Giants, much, much, similar to, much similarly to the Jets, had some interesting off-season news. You know, the 4th of July is supposed to be such a great day, and, and for Giants fans, it, it just wasn't this year. Uh, star def- maybe their best defensive player, Jason Pierre-Paul, who, they're, who, they were supposed, who they're supposed to sign for their franchise tag, blew off a couple of his fingers, including hurting his thumb severely. And that has been an ongoing drama, if you will, because he kind of went into hiding. The Giants had no idea uh, what, was, what went on. Adam Schefter released his medical reports. <laughs> so the Giants found out through ESPN, and that never makes organizations happy. And all of a sudden, Jason Pierre-Paul and the Giants have communicated. They have talked, uh, finally. They had a meeting the other day. I'm not sure which day it was. And I think the meeting was they were supposed to sign this franchise tag. Nothing got done. The Giants don't think he's ready to play. He thinks he's ready to play. If he did sign that franchise tag, they could put him on uh, you know, in- injured off-field. Off so yeah, they wouldn't that's have to that, pay that's him. That's that PUP the PUP, list. yeah, yep. exactly. So, I mean, the Giants and, and the defense will start with them. That's going to be their problem this year, and this is not a good start. Oh, it it really isn't. I mean, this is this is news you expect to hear from the, from the Jets. Jets. Exactly. This is not news that you expect to hear from the New York Giants. I mean, especially JPP is their anchor on defense. He's their rock, and without him, I think they're really gonna struggle. I mean, their defense looked very bad against the Jets uh, when when they played in in preseason uh, week three, and you know, I think that. They, they, they're just not going to have it this year on the defensive side of the ball. And this JPP thing, I mean, it's, it's really it's r- ridiculous. You have all this it's money. Have, have someone light your fireworks for you, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable that, that this even had to come to this. And I understand celebrating fireworks, accidents. Okay, you feel for the guy. But don't go into hiding. You have one of the, the, the better organizations in terms of taking care of their players in football. And they were ready to go. You know, Go pay for his medical bills. Go help him out. Go bring him to the best doctors up here in, in the Northeast and maybe get him fixed. More, more news from the Giants. It actually just happened uh, in the last couple of days. It was Eli Manning got a big deal uh, for four years, $84 million at $65 million guaranteed. So for them, on the flip side of this you know, negative positive thing, this is a huge positive. And I know Christian O'Hara said it before the show. Getting this deal done is just so so crucial because you just don't have that extra distraction like the Seahawks do with Chancellor right now. Absolutely, I think that you know for Eli, get he he said that it wouldn't affect his play if the deal wasn't done before the season, and you know I I believe that in a sense, but I think that now that it's inked, he's gonna play very well. He had a great season last year uh, under under Ben McAdoo's offense. Um, one of the best in his career, mm-hmm. uh, completing 63.1% of passes, cutting his interceptions in half. And I, I just, from, from, from the year before. And I just think that, you know, the, the no trade clause takes all the pressure off him leaving, which, I mean, he would never do anyway. Mm-hmm. And the Giants would never let him go. However, I, I think that locking him down for the next five, five seasons, it's this season and then the contract kicks in for the four after. Um, was was just a very big move to get done before the season. Absolutely, and of course, uh, you know he has this exciting, exciting young wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I see Odell just having another fantastic year, especially when uh, Victor Cruz gets back, because that combination of those two wide receivers is just lethal. And and not to mention, 
a good running back in Rashard Jennings. So this offense, where the defense really falters, and, and, and a good point by someone behind the glass earlier, if you put the Jets and the Giants together, <laughs> Jets defense, Giants offense, you could have a Super Bowl team. But, but that's not the case. Looking at this Giants team, Matt, where do you think they finish in terms of record? Are they going to be better than the Jets, or are they going to be worse than the Jets? First thing, let me say, you can't forget our boy Shane Vereen. Oh, of course, I I, I missed him. Yes, you're absolutely right. He'll be he'll be catching back uh, passes Third out the backfield. Thank you for that, Matt Morrow. Um, but you know, I, I think that the defense is just gonna it, it's gonna kill these guys. Their offense may be able to somewhat keep up with the teams they play. Without that defense, they're they're just going to get run over, and so you know, I expect a, a another loss to the Cowboys Week One. I think this will be their sixth in a row. Wow! To the Cowboys Week One on Sunday Night Football, and you know, for the season, I would, I would go, you know, maybe five and eleven. Wow! For the really G-Men. that low? I I I think they're in a very difficult division to win, and you know. They, I know they play the Patriots in in late November at home. We don't have their we don't have their schedule in front of us right now. But I mean, you, you got to take in two two wins against the Redskins. I'll give them that at least. I got to give them at least four four more wins. So I'll I'll put them. I mean, I'm not that far off from you. I, I understand where you're going with that, just because the defense is so abysmal. So yeah, you know, I'll put it at I'll put it at six I mean, and ten. I'll, you know, I think the Jets are going to be better than the Giants this year. They play the Vikings. They they play the Panthers. Um, you know, I, I again. The the Giants they're going to be interesting to watch. We'll see what happens with their defense, but you know they they're going to be really hurting without JPP this year. Now I just want to make a point: the Mets and the Yankees did not have high expectations going into this baseball season at all. So you never know. New York is is quite the city. Jets and Giants maybe they'll be in the playoffs. Who knows? Now it's time for a little fun with our fantasy expert Luke Palmer. So we're going to get into fantasy in just a sec. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. And as I said before the break, Luke Palmer welcoming you on the show for the first NFL Friday of the year. And Luke, we just did our fantasy draft, but I mean, I probably I need a lot of help because I never do well in fantasy. So please <laughs> tell us, tell us your wisdom. Glad to be here, guys. Quick update before I get into fantasy. I was just stabbed in the heart by Matthew Crow over here. <laughs> oh, boy. 5-11 and 11 record for my New York Giants. I'll, I'll get past it somehow, but I just want to let you know. I'm sorry, Luke, because I, I you're, you're always one of the guys that comes to the Patriots defense as a Giants fan, so I do appreciate that. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's all right. I'll, I'll let it slip for this week. Um, all right, guys. So getting into fantasy... Uh, projections fantasy season just started it's week one everyone's excited about who they drafted maybe you made a little trades everyone's just flat out excited for the season season to start so as far as stats goes I don't really have much much to say as far because it's week one there are no stats available but here's some guys who I love for week one um, and who can help in in the meantime so starting off it's not one guy it's the entire off off offense excuse me it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Wow. You know, first you say to yourself, well, James Winston, he's, he's a rookie. You know, what, what's he going to do? But it's not just about James Winston. You've got two star wide receivers, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. Absolutely. Both are six foot five. All James has to do is throw the ball up, and they're going to just maneuver their way and catch that ball over whichever corner they can. 
Um, and then the other guy in the Bucks offense who you got to watch is Doug Martin. Basically nobody last year. He comes back. People are saying he's back to the old muscle hamster, who uh, <laughs> his famous nickname. Um, he tore it up two seasons ago. People say he's back in shape. He's the starter. If if you have somebody on the Tampa Bay Bucks offense on your roster, including Austin Sparian Jenkins, a six six tight end, start them this week. I, I, I promise you, against the Titans, you know they have Jason McCourty, but who else do they really have? And they'll get their catches. They'll get their points in. Um, moving to running back, this guy may, might be my most favorite sleeper. He goes by the name of T.J. Yeldon. And the reason why I have him, he was just announced as the Jaguars starting running back for week one. The re- reason why I have him is because of the comparisons people are making. You've got Eddie Lacy, star, arguably number one pick in fan- as fantasy goes, versus Trent Richardson, who recently was called one of the worst running backs <laughs> on a football field. Um... And Yeldon's not really like these guys. Yeldon, he's 6'2". He can catch the ball. He can run. He's fast. He's elusive. He can power when he needs to. And, you know, the the, the Jaguars, yeah, you know, they've got a young offense. But I, I, I have a good feeling about TJ Yeldon. I think he's going to fit that scheme perfectly. I think he'll get catching yards as well as running yards. And they're going against the Panthers this week, the Jaguars. Star Lutulule, their great defensive tackle, he might not be in. He's he has some injury problems. They're not sure they'll announce a practice later today. But he's a guy who I have a great feeling on, and I would recommend to anyone out there. Um, moving on to wide receivers, two guys that I have in mind are Larry Fitzgerald. And you may say, hey, he, he's a star wide receiver. Why do you have him on, on your list? The reason I have him on this list is because Larry Fitzgerald has always been known as a star wide receiver. But when it comes to fantasy points, He's very, very lackluster. Chalk that up to the Cardinals' quarterback problems the past few seasons or their offensive line woes, whatever. But Carson Palmer is back. Their wide receiver, too, uh, Michael Floyd, is out. And and their home in Arizona, they're going to want to put a show on. I think Larry Fitzgerald comes out. He busts open the season ready to to do something great there in Arizona and for every fantasy owner out there. I, I have him on one of my teams, so I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Let me, uh, let me just say something real quick. Two leagues. Uh, my flex in one is TJ Yeldon. My flex in the other is Doug Martin. So lo- <laughs> love those running back choices. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, and then as far as defenses go, it's, it's tough to pick a defense, but uh, uh, the Texans' defense – and you, because in my mind, and I think it goes for everyone else, you immediately think JJ Watt. But you've got Brian Cushing coming back, and? other captain, and Jadavion Clowney, Woo! number one pick. Not to mention that big guy in the middle, Vince Wilfork. I know oh, yeah. you guys love him oh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> Gotta love Big V. I, I, I think that the Texans line is going to be unstoppable. I think that DJ Swearinger in the backfield is going to be great, and I think the Texans are going to be a top five defense come this season. Awesome. Well, Luke, very, very good stuff out of you. And, and we're going to keep Luke on for our final segment here, and we're going to make a little bit of predictions. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. So lots and lots of good upcoming games in the opening Sunday. Let's start off here in New York, and I just want to – we got Matt, our, our producer, Matt Morrow, and our engineer, our exclusive engineer over here, Christian O'Hara – we're going to start with the first game, and it's going to be the Jets versus the Browns here in New York at MetLife Stadium. My good friend Matt Morrow has taken Cleveland on the road. Wow. 
Wow, that's an interesting pick. Christian has the Jets. Luke, what do you have? I got to go Jets. I think they pull one out. Tight game, they pulled out, though. Yeah, like I said, the Browns, they've lost 10 straight week one. Don't see Josh McCown changing that at all here at MetLife. The Jets are going to take this one. I, I love Matt Moore picking the upset, but this is not going to be a close game. The Jets' defense is about to pummel the Browns. Moving on to the other New York team who's going to that big, beautiful stadium down in Dallas for the Sunday night game. Christian picked Dallas, and so did Matt. Luke, who do you have? Listen, guys, I bleed blue. I'll take my Giants over anybody else. It's Giants tonight, at Sunday night. <laughs> Matt? I'm going to have to hurt your feelings, Luke. I got <laughs> I got to go with the boys down at home in that beautiful, beautiful stadium down there. Uh, Des Bryant's going to have a big night. Romo, I think, is this is Romo's year. Oh, he, put, he talks about Dez. He talks about Eli. Luke, let me make you smile. I'm saying huge night from Odell Beckham. Eli's just going to do his thing, and the Giants going to start 1-0. All right, we got three more games that we think are going to be the highlight of this week. So the Ravens against the Broncos, both Matt and Christian pick Denver. Luke? I got to go Denver, too. And Matt? Two of my least favorite teams in the <laughs> AFC. I got got to put that out there, but uh, but but the Broncos take this one behind Manning and that great team. Yeah, I, I just don't see Peyton. Peyton's a gamer in game one. He's healthy. His arms rested. I, Peyton Manning's one of the best, and especially at the beginning of the season. Moving on, the Packers, who have some injury problems, but are predicted to do some real damage in the NFC this year against their division rival, Chicago. I got Green Bay all all the way behind the board. Luke, how about you? Uh, I got to go Green Bay, too. I think they're going to steal one at home for the Bears. And Matt? Yeah, I think Rodgers, you know, he's, he's going to have a great season, even, uh, you know, with that loss of Jordy. So it's got to be the pack. Yeah, Rodgers is on my fantasy team as well in, in, in one of my leagues, and I'm going to pick them in a, in a big, big-time blowout over the Bears, who I just don't see succeeding much at all this season. And our final prediction of the week is going to go to Seattle versus St. Louis. This is going to be an interesting matchup. Both Christian O'Hara and Matt Morrow have picked Seattle. Luke, what do you think? I'm going Seattle. They say Ducks fly together. I say Hawks fly together. And this is this has got to be my upset pick of the week. I'm going Rams. I, I'm with you here, too. I think that this Cam Chancellor thing is a bigger deal than the media is making it. This guy is their best player defensively, and I will say that twice. He is their best player defensively. I really believe that. St. Louis, they have they made a couple adjustments. You know, get Nick Foles. Maybe he can do something. The running back situation, uh, Todd Gurley, Trey Mason, that's an interesting combo. Watch out, Seattle, because this Rams team could, could really uh, hurt you here. And now we're going to move over to our upset picks of the week. And I think Matt, Matt and I just decided ours with St. Louis over Seattle, so I'll leave it at that there. But my good friend Matt Morrow picks Minnesota over San Fran. You know what? I agree. Adrian Peterson, 200 yards this week, coming back in a big fashion. Christian O'Hara, on the other hand, picks Detroit over San Diego. Is that an upset, Matt? I, I don't even know if that's an upset. Oh, who knows with O'Hara these days? <laughs> and Luke, who do, who do you have for your upset of the week? I've got Buffalo over Indy. See that? Wow. There's an upset, Christian O'Hara. Start taking some notes, that Mr. Rex Color defense. Guy. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the first NFL Friday of the year. For Matt Morrow behind the board producing as he does, Christian O'Hara sitting right next to him on the engineer, Luke Palmer with some great fantasy advice, my handsome B-host, Matt Crow. I'm Corey Miller. Tune in next week for another wonderful show of NFL Friday.
This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.